podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello everybody, welcome to the latest Stanfield Index Under Pressure podcast. My name's Dan Kennett um, and to join me tonight to go over the Watford and uh, Benfica wins. Um, haven't got the full compliment tonight, there's no Brundish, um, he hasn't paid his lackey bill. Um, <laughs> but hopefully he will be back for the bigger one on Tuesday for Man City. But I do have our other far more qualified sports scientist. Dr. Phil Barter. Evening, Phil. How are we doing? Evening, boys. It's, it's, originally, it was meant to be yesterday, but you were um, in cricket training, Phil, and we yeah, all forgot I was, about yeah. it. And we all, and I, yeah, we all forgot that everyone had said we couldn't do it. So anyway, Did you manage to locate the middle of the bat? Uh, I was just saying to uh, Rosie, I was bowling it mainly yesterday, focusing on that. So I got the uh, first team opener out. That's the no, then. First team opener, that's a scout. Mate, I got that, got him out. I mean, I'm happy with that. You know, I'll take that away. <laughs> yeah, and then you just heard him. It's our resident video analyst and data collector, Mr. Daniel Rhodes. Good evening, Rosie. Evening, Dan. How are you? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. <laughs> it's Friday night. It's two wins. It's under pressure. So anyway, let's crack on. Uh, it's a, it's always a double header this season. It seems every single week is a double header, uh, and this is no exception. Um, so let's. We're going to start with the Watford game. I know it was. Um, uh, six days ago now, actually, isn't it, Rosie? Yeah, yeah. But um, but we are going to spend a little bit of time covering Watford. Um, and we're going to start with um those those lineups, uh, Bart, because this was the first match after the international break. Um, players have gone to all four corners of the globe, and we were in the early slot. Um, so what did you think of the team, the lineups, and the, the actual initial selection? So, I mean, we made, what, six changes. I know that's a bit of a spurious because, as you say, it was an international break. But I think if you look at where people were and how far they travelled, I think this is probably uh, the best best we could have put out. You know, uh, Rested Fab played Hendo at the six, played Curtis and Thiago uh, in the midfield. Thiago hadn't travelled, obviously, so it was fresh. Um, and then up front, I think it was Bobby Jota and oh, I can't remember. I want um, Diaz was it? Was it long? That long no, ago? Salah. It was Mo. Salah. It was, was it Mo? Mo. Yeah. yeah so yeah, and then um, back four Gomez at right back, uh, as we know, uh, because um, Klopp's turned into Fergie. Um And then uh, Matip, Van Dijk, and uh, Costas so, was it? Costas? The only one thing I think I don't think Klopp has gone full Ferguson yet. No, because he hasn't. With, with 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 Trent and with Cater. So we had to keep up the charade of them being injured. And so they, they had to miss the first match after the internationals. They did. 
Uh, but Trent came on the bench and then Naby started in midweek. So for Fergie would have been missed the internationals and then and started. started. Yeah, anyway. no, I, 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 I take that. But <laughs> is it easing it in? Easing it in. Yeah, I mean, and also like what? What? I mean, Gomez to be fair comes in or out of the cold, not played, and um, as we'll come on to, I thought he played well. But yeah, it was. You're right. He's not full Fergie, but the. Uh, the, I think the groundwork had been set a while ago, hadn't it? So um, it meant that we could pull this one. But no, I think so. Yeah, six changes from us. All very logical in terms of minutes. And then the minutes managed in terms of the changes were, were fairly straightforward. Yeah. I think Curtis was the only worry, wasn't he? Who came off, we thought, with a little bit of a knock. But that turned out to be nothing. So, um, yeah, yeah uh, for us, I thought it was a, a game. Klopp going with his sports science um, evolved rotation and carrying it forward, which is, uh, which is good, you know? Yeah. Um, so do, do we think, Rosie, at this point, just on just on Trent, right? Trent Trent knows he's not going to play for Southgate. He's probably got little, little, no, little or no motivation to go to England because we get end, end up end up in endless England debates. Um, and at this point, Southgate doesn't want the can't be asked with the fuss and bother going to war over bring call him into the squad. So is it just have we reached a a sensible situation where? The player's happy to not play, and the manager, you know, managers just can avoid it. So it's win, win, win for everybody. I think in this particular window, definitely. But I think I think that Trent would like to play in World Cups and Euros. I was going to say, I think he would be disappointed if he doesn't make the squad, considering he's the best player. Um, But um, yeah, I think this one suited all parties. I think. In future window, in future international breaks, we might see more of it. Um, it gives Southgate a chance to play his more defensive um, system, as he would call it. But yeah, I think I def I genuinely think Trent would like to play the World Cup for a start. So I think he would like to get in there, and I think he proved immediately after coming back and playing against Benfica that there's no one close to him. So we'll come on to that. Mm. But it's, these yeah. were friendlies as well, weren't they, Darth? They were friendlies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I think, think, yeah. I think if they were actual meaningful games, it might have been a bit more of a a harder call. But they're both friendlies. They're both... He's not going to play, I think. Yeah, I, I just don't, don't think he was bothered. You know, but if they were actual meaningful games, then maybe that's a different question, isn't it? England yeah. haven't had a meaningful qualifier for... No, but you know what I mean? It's not... A friendly is a very different ball game, isn't it? Yeah, than, yeah. than an actual World Cup qualifier or Euro qualifier. But yeah, we'll, we shall see yeah. if he goes as well to the tournament. Okay. So in the you did the Watford scouting report, um, Bartz. Um, yep. How did Watford's lineup compare to what you were predicting in the scouting report and, and Watford's approach? How, how close was it all? Pretty much spot on. Um, 4-1-4-1 uh, they decided to go with, which seems to be a bit of a Roy... Um, favoured if you know what I mean it, recently he did start off trying to play 4-3-3 but he switched it round uh, Saar came in on the right hand side um, they... no, 4-1-4-1 is, is, is kind of a 4-3-3 yeah, bit, is, it? yeah. I think it's yeah. just off the ball more um, yeah. where it changes and I, I think that's probably what's important to Roy um, he was trying to soak up certain areas I think I identified in the match report that they were susceptible to aerial duels in the middle of the six yard box and we could nick the balls off in the wide areas, particularly their right-back area, who likes to dribble out. Um, therefore, it was susceptible for us to be pressing that way. 
um, and now crossing from the right-hand side, so either with Trent or as Gomez turned out to play there, they didn't seem to put a lot of pressure on it. It was lower than league average pressure area for them. All in all, meant that when we got into that area, we crossed it from that area and Jota beat the man in the middle and scored with a header. So I think that's a fairly decent um, summary for the the way they played. I said they would press just around the, the Ds, if you get what I mean, um, and they, they kind of did and didn't. They sat off a bit. Um, as we predicted, low low mid block. Um, but yeah, I think largely, I think what what I wrote has panned out pretty well. The long ball rate increased for our game, so again, fairly Roy tactics into the channels as we as we saw they tried to counter when they could. Yeah. Um, so just for those who miss it, uh, who miss what we're talking about here, Bart for every league match posts the post the scouting report in the under pressure chat in a PDF. Um, and then you know, so basically, it's it's from it's from Y Scout, isn't it, Bart? But you make observations and annotations yeah. on it, don't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's excellent. I heartily recommend it for those who are interested in the minutiae minutiae of our opponents. So you mentioned aerial duels. Um, you know, it's one of those things. that's you know, you, a few years back, you, Watford were quite a dominant team in the air. But you know, like you said, they seem to be. You know, it was twenty-one to thirteen in the match overall, Bart. So one, yeah. one, one, one thing. I want to do throughout the show is just flick back to things, themes that we've had throughout the season and, and just, you know, topics that we've mentioned continually, right mm-hmm. through pre-season, some, some of them. And one of them we had at the very start of the year was was Van Dijk and aerial duels. And we said, look, we need to keep an eye on this because he, 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 what, what did it get down to? Like mid, oh, 64, mid, 65%? No, I, th- I think it was louder than that. I think there was a game, it was 50s. Oh yeah, just one one game, but there was a point yeah. that his cumulative stuff was low as well. Yeah, wasn't it? true, true, true. But yeah, you're right. He he was he wasn't in he was well below his normal averages. Uh, yeah, like twenty percent below his normal averages. So basically, I went after this game as well. I went back to check what the league situation was just for aerial duels here, mm-hmm. and all players with more than a, this is this is Opta by the way, not FB ref. There are differences between the two, um, which is which doesn't help anybody to be honest. But um, I went back and checked um, um, the Opta data, and lo and behold, Virgil is now top of has the highest aerial duel win rate of any player in the Premier League with more than a hundred aerials. So wow. it's almost like um, from a low starting point, from a poor starting point. That. I couldn't believe that when you showed us. Yeah, yeah. And we it would have been interesting to try. I mean, we can't do it now, but. You know, we all kind of assume there's a point at which Virgil will turn back to being Virgil. Somewhere about mid-end of November, was it? Something yeah, like getting yeah. get into the Christmas period. And certainly when we broke into the new year, he was back to being the dominant force that he was. He wasn't struggling with the turning over the shoulder and sprinting. His, his yeah. aerial rate went up. So, yeah, I, I, I was shocked that he got up to that high. But, yeah, that, that's a... That's back to Virgil being virtual, isn't it? So he must have been since that wobbly start. He must have been at eighty percent plus win rate, mate. Must have been Rosie to pull it up, to get up to seventy six. Absolutely, especially with over a hundred. So he's got the <laughs> the key thing here. He's got the volume. There might be yeah. players higher that people might have noticed, but they won't have anywhere near the volume. And being in our team and having over a hundred jewels, aerial jewels, and it, that's seven... the mad thing, isn't it? Like I was actually, I, put, I, wish, I just realised I put the wrong shot in. Which, which, uh, in the, in the live show chat, which didn't have the total in, so we just delete the other one. Um, so 135. So, tell you, well, what's what, what's more illustrative is that both the centre backs have had very similar. Yeah, yeah you said Matip had done well this season as it, well, didn't you? It's just amazing how we 
have so much of the ball, yet our two centre-backs yeah. have so yeah. many aerial... But it just shows you about the way we defend as a team, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah we... We confront it head-on, don't we? We confront the, confront the opposition threat, the direct threat, head-on with our two best players. Opposition analysts constantly must say, because they've seen it in the past, we need to attack them in the air, we need to attack them down the middle, they're going to be playing high, we need to go over the top. And our centre-backs just keep cutting it out, whether it's on yeah. the ground or in the air. Whether and you've got Fabi in front as well. Game. Yeah. Yep. Perhaps, perhaps a win rate can't be that bad. I mean, can't be that far off that, to be fair. I know he's no, it'll probably, be low, it'll probably be probably high 50s, I would have thought. Yeah, that, but that, I bet you he stands well above in his crowd, you know, his yeah. cohort of DMs. I mean, um, yeah. you know. So, yeah, I, I think it's. I think you're right. The I think it also explains, you know how we've, we've, we've sort of sometimes gone, oh, he's, he's played Natip largely in the league games, yeah? Yes. And I think it kind of stands up to that, saying, right, this year... This is what we're about. They are defending the aerial pieces. Matip's fit. We've fixed him and he can bring the ball forward. But fundamentally, those two in there, we're winning, what, uh, 80, 80%, 85% of the aerial duels in a game. Well, that's a massive caveat to winning the Premiership game, isn't it? Yeah, they're winning 10 between them a match. At exactly. 70, 73% between them. Because Matip is, Matip's got a 70% win rate, which is fifth best in the league. Yeah. So the only, the only, the only other partnership in the league who can, who can rival them is Tarkovsky and me. They're they're the only ones really. I mean, um, Maguire's nowhere to be seen this season. Lewis Dunk, who's usually up there, he's not in there either. So it, it is it is a bit. Um, but Ben Mee's down at sixty two percent, which is low by his standards. But yeah, because he's usually a seventy percent plus. But yeah, I just thought it was one of those things that we thought that I think keep it, an eye on. Yeah, yeah. We kept we wanted to keep an eye on at the start, but I think we can we can say we can just say he's back. I think he is um, very much. Bob is at sixty six percent. 37 from 56 this season. That's pretty good. So, that's, there he is. He, he's above Sanchu or he's in Sanchu. Yeah, and, he, and, he, he? and he'd be above Laporte as well. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, not bad. Yeah, not bad. Good not triangle. Bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, one of the other things um, that was a big story in this game uh, was offsides again and VAR again. Um yeah. And yeah, just wanted to just to, to, to just touch on the because it was at nil nil where the um, the, the Watford uh, big chance came in, and then the other one was at one nil the 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 two the two Watford big chances which stand in the data. So we we've discussed this in the chat, and yeah. so what do we think? Right, the 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 Kuka chance which is down the left hand side of the box, shot from about fifteen yards out under no defensive pressure. Um, do we think that was on or off? I think that was offside. Rosie? I haven't seen the conclusive evidence. I thought it looks close to me. Um, I thought it was off watching live, but what, watching the replays, the angle does it. I, I, I'm, I'm just guessing. It, 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 you know, it's closer, isn't it? I think it, I, if I had to put money on it, I would have said if it had gone to VAR, if he'd scored and it had gone to VAR, I think it would have been marginally off. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're. I think the line, you know, the lines thing would have the margin of error is yeah. Four, is four, is, is is it four inches, ten centimeters? Isn't Some it? Are, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would have come into play. And then the other one was after after half time. This was the Pedro miss where he put it wide of the post. There was kind of a lofted pass, wasn't there, from mm-hmm. the halfway line down to, In, down the inside left channel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I what think. Do we think? 
I, I think that's on. I think the Lions would have made that onside. It, it think, was harder to get a definitive angle on that one. It was. It? Um, I'm trying to get one in here at the moment, but um, I because I think um, I think Matic plays him on. Yeah, the, the angles I've seen, it looks. There you odd. go. I've just chucked it on there. That's the, oh. yeah. That's which yeah. is. The, I mean, you gave me a better one, and Dan, because you, you had it with the ball it actually in touch with the Watford player, where that's that's a frame in between of a proper frame. And I yeah. think when the ball's in touch with the player, he's even more onside because Matip's actually higher yeah. up than that. Yeah, there you go. That to me, I just think with the margin of error, he's onside. Yeah. You'll draw that, and they'll draw it from the armpit, won't they? Yeah, yeah. No, he's from his left knee there, won't Yeah, but Matip's is. It'll be Matip's armpit, won't it? Whereas it'll yeah. be Sar's left knee. Yeah. I, I, I just, I think that's too close. I think that would, that would have been onside. You think that might have been onside within the margin yeah. of error? Yeah. 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 Okay. So I don't think you could have got the line because the lines have got to not be touching, isn't it? For it to yeah. be offside. Yeah. I, I think yeah. the lines would have been touching there. Yeah. Okay. So um, <clears throat> both the big both the big chances stand in the data, Rosie. So what what did that make the uh, match summary look like for Watford? Yeah. Well... It, it, it possibly, arguably, one of our worst downfield this season, but it's got kind of a, really? a two a two tone tint to it. If if you accept that phrase, um, we ended up with double the non penalty xg, which is good. We ended up with four times the amount of shots, twenty to five. That's excellent. But I think the key, the the two key stats to me are shots on target. We only had three to their two. Mm. Um, and the big chances we had two each. Now I think one of them was offside. We don't know, um, but the critical factor in this game, and it contrasts as nicely to the Benfica game, is we converted our two big chances, and they didn't convert any of theirs. And it was basically the only chances they had. Um, yeah. We yeah. so it does show that we dominated the game in terms of possession, touches in the box, twenty-seven to six. No errors. 11 shots in the box to four. I think a lot of people, possibly correctly, mainly at half-time, I thought, but after the game as well, were saying we made some bad decisions outside the box. We shot when we shouldn't have. We had quite a few shots where we... Other decisions have been made this season where we bring players into play. But yeah, if you can play that stop-start... Um, obviously, we don't include the penalty, but if you do, it looks more healthy on the XG. It's two point three to not point seven. It's it's a, a that's a deserved win territory. It's definitely yeah. In in terms of the chance, when you consider yeah. that almost certainly one of them, one of the chances would have been given offside in the data as well. That takes them down to about half an XG, really, doesn't it? And to be honest, right, here's a question for you. I don't think. The, the Kuka chance was even that good a chance. I think the Jota chance, which it falls yeah, to say... Point, point 0.14, isn't it? Jota's. Yeah, was, was yeah. actually a better chance than the Kuka one because he was half. He was he was twice as close mm. and he does have clear line of sight to the keeper. And I know the guy, the defender's steaming in, but at the point of contact, Jota could slot it near post, couldn't he, under no pressure, past the keeper, but he, he tries to blam it, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree I, there. I said at the time I thought Josh should have scored or at least pulled it across. I think it's two players going in. Yeah, uh, and he, he, yeah. but yeah, you could either, you could have, could have either squared it 
um, yeah. or, or, or he could have just literally passed it inside the near post as he was looking because uh, it was a that's the out. same that's the same as what Rosie said though there was some decision making again in this game in the final third which we were I, I don't know if it's selfish or not or fatigue and not making the right call but if we just made a slightly different decision we'd have got an easy like that Jota one that's 2-0 at half time with a slightly different decision and it just it's a bit it's not concerned but it, we asked there was a few instances in the Benfica game even a few little decisions in the final third make them a little bit better and we're, we're well away do you know what I mean I know it's, it's hard to say we're still winning games but yeah just, I'm sure can... about that in the Benfica game I thought the final third decisions were, were pretty good then it was the finishing yeah <laughs> the type of finish maybe as well you know okay maybe. yeah 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 there were some there were some weird shot choices in this match, wasn't there? Which is not like us, really. No, we normally make the right call at the right time. I just maybe it's I, the Watford. I think it's the early start. They'll, they'll all come back. I mean, Jota had played. Did he play twice for Portugal? Yeah, he scored. Yeah, he scored. So I'm just saying, you know, there's a accumulation of reasons why he may have not been in the right frame of mind, and he's still coming back from the injury. I think he's not quite the same player he was pre-injury. Uh, Inter. So yeah, but no, I think you're right. I, I personally think Dov, yeah, the the Jota chance was better than theirs, and theirs was given a big chance, and ours wasn't. So yeah, yeah. Um, if we go press- on the meters, if we go on the longest shots taken, Dan, um, Curtis had one from 27 yards. Is it on football ref or is it meters? Yeah, either one. It's meters. If it's 27 meters, it's worse. Jota had one from 28 meters. Robbo had one from 25. Moore had one from 24. Curtis had one from 28. Jota had one from 29. They're not good decisions, lads. Nah, no. that's, that's poor. That's did really poor. Um, did you see the Chelsea goal, Rudiger? Yeah. They said that something like that. That's the, that, that's the furthest out a Chelsea player has scored from in something like 11 years. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was that on the commentary, and it was, that, that's kind of how rare that kind of one percent chance is. You know, flying in off the post and stuff like that. I mean, it was a hell of a strike. Like, but um, yeah, just on the pressing, um, it was the story here again was like, you know, we talk about the decision making. One of the things you can see on the dashboard is there counter attacks. So we had seven presses leading to counter attack situations, but from that, we only actually generated one shot. Um, which yeah. is quite low, one out of seven. And you'll see it again in the Benfica. It was actually even worse there as well. So, um, the but there was, um, it was a really heavy, real heavy bias down the Watford left. And that was because of their playmaker, wasn't it? Um, but, um, yeah, uh, I can't remember his name. Um, let me, I can't remember his name. Sorry, it's gone from me. Well, but they were on that side as well, wasn't he? Yeah, they they're also that, that Hanandes. fullback. Hanandes. That's it. Hernandez, that's it. And their fullback dribbles out as well down the left hand side. So Yeah. Yeah. Um Sars more a runner. Yeah, all, all all the pressing and Kuka was the top target um for the pressing as well. I'm just trying to find out the exact number here because I can't show him one on my image. Uh nineteen for him. Uh, and for many of uh, the left back, uh, he was eleven as well. Hernandez was nine. But um yeah, it was it was it, pressing wasn't really the story in this match. We don't need to go too much into it. I just put the heat map in for, for reference there. Um so Bobby was the top presser for us um in in the match. Um Statsbomb tweeted after the match that he had the the most high pressure had the, the presses from regains in the Premier League in if for that for this week. Um oh, wow. 
Yeah, so they're starting to get more. I think um, they're trying to get more active again on match day. I think uh, Statsbom are doing stuff now. They're trying to get more people in, in kind of interactive way on match days. Uh, but in our data, Bobby had thirty three presses. Um, next highest in the team was seventeen. So that that's a big that's a big difference there from for what Bobby did. Um, and he had twelve possession wins from pressing, according to us. Gags collected this one, three direct, um, and nine led to turnovers. Um, so yeah, so it was, twelve is a lot. Um, Jota though did have fourteen the week before against um, in our last match against Arsenal. So, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely an above average number of wins there. From for, for so there is some there is some close alignment there with um with the, with with the, with what Statsbot tweeted out as well. That's good. I mean, they're going live, aren't they? They're doing uh, Statsbomb live now. So yeah, is that is that is that available publicly or? Uh, I think you can sub it. Um, I don't. Yeah. Know, I, I haven't looked how much it is. I just saw the promo for it. Yeah, so, no, I can imagine it won't be cheap. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, right, just to wrap up on offsides um, again. Some of the theme we've been talking about this season. Liverpool have the most um, provoked offsides in Europe in the top five leagues with 124 um, ahead of uh, Sassuolo was the second team. And sorry, they got 110. Uh, Villarreal 100, 103, and then the next most in the Premier League is Man City with 76. So it's just it's just the amount, the way we play. Again, we always say this: no one else plays like us. Um, and it's it's the combination of Virgil and Matip and the, the aerial duels and the high line and the ability to to catch the opposition offside. But yeah, did so. you see, Doff? Did you see the uh, graphic that Sai put in the chat during the week that actually City yeah. play further away from their goal than we do? That's yeah. the average position of the offside. That was the average. Distance for the, for the offside that was what was caught. Gotcha. It just made me a bit like I saw. It made me laugh. It's like we're we're classed as being this high line team, and yet actually City catch people higher up the pitch, well, twenty nine meters. I think they're on twenty seven. Yeah, yeah. But you have to, that's what one thing I don't um, I don't see understand about that is that um, Spurs absolutely destroyed City on the on their high, on the, with the high line. But you yeah, know, like you said, um, we it's on it's only a narrative for one of the teams. I just don't, don't understand it. I don't get it either. It's like we have a perfect for for us. It's a perfect tactic. That's the start. Yeah, it, it works really well for us. It enables us to get the foundation. We can attack in the way we attack, and yet it seems a negative. Whereas in other sides, don't play it as well, and yet they're not pulled up on it. It's it's a strange old narrative in the media so, at the moment. So that that that's the lack that's of context. Facts. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the, what we, that's what you're talking about there. The, the average it, yeah. distance of the city offside when they actually catch the opponent offside is 29.3 meters, and ours is 28.7. Yep. Yeah. Tell you what, Dan, it makes me want to watch a swallow a bit more because that's a lot of offsides for them. That's swallow. Yeah, if they're second in Europe, that makes me that piques an interest in what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. And do you know who's third? Villarreal. There you go. Really? That's interesting. It's just interesting, isn't it? They must be using yeah. it high line in Italy, yeah, to, to, to generate that many because you can't do it with a low block. It's impossible. Yeah, well, they're, they're mid-table in them. They were a tiny team, Sassuolo, a tiny club. and um, they'd be well, Burnley team. about 41. Yeah. That just shows you some kind I, th- I think Sassuolo would be about the size of Burnley if we are talking about how, how, big, a, how big a geographical oh, yeah, place yeah. it is. But they're mid-table in, 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 in Serie yeah, also, yeah. <laughs> that that thing also made me laugh with Everton 
which is always a giggle laughing at the Ev, but 18.7 metres from their goal is their average uh, offside distance. <laughs> and they've only caught the opposition offside 27 times all season. Which is not a surprise, really. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, that might be that they try to play offside a lot and they constantly fail. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just... I mean, that, that can't be that far off the 18-yard box. Really? Yeah. I, I, that's just shocking. It really is. But anyway, anyway. Uh, that's interesting about Villarreal. That might be something to keep an eye on. They are, yeah, going especially forward. If have, especially if we end up playing them. Yeah, because if they're playing a high line against us, okay, interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, let's well, see how they do the They were very aggressive against Bayern, I have to say. Oh, Bayern. they were. They should have probably won the game, to be fair. More yeah. than that. More, more than one now. But yeah. um, so, um, we will come back to that if we end up playing them. Yeah. Yep. Um, right. Um, so, we have to talk about um, our goal um, and our goal scorer. Uh, but before we talk about, before we focus on Jota, um, do you want to talk about Joe Gomez briefly, chaps? Um, how do you, uh, Rosie? How do you think he do did in this match? Oh, very. I think it, I think we analysing these two from very different angles because I thought it was a specific Hodgson tactic to let Gomez have time on the ball, mm. and, and with time on the ball. He's he's he's, 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 a, he's a, most footballers are quality ball strikers with time on the ball. They can pick out a pass. They can pick out a man. It's just that when usually when Trent gets it, he's got two players around him or something, or he's doing it first time. But they gave Gomez time on the ball, and he put in two or three absolutely Trent-like crosses. Mm. One for the goal, one for a missed header, um, one for an offside that we got a corner from. Yeah, it was. I think I don't know if anyone's seen it, but there's a great video. I think it was about two years ago of Trent and Gomez doing free kick drills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gomez beat him. Yeah. So, really? yeah, and Trent was not happy. Um, but yeah, they can both strike a ball really well. It's just that one does it in very different contexts to another. But I think Hodgson allowed. If you look at Watford setup. Defensively, on ball, I think it's two out of the three Gomez balls into the box. There's no one near him. Yeah, they let him. They were. They wanted him to do it. It just. I thought it was not arrogance is the wrong word. Maybe and I, I don't. I can't believe he forgot how good Gomez is. But maybe he did people just he hasn't played for a while. Definitely that. Definitely that. But Gomez is yeah. a quality footballer, and yeah. as as yeah. Rhodes, he said, like you give him, you give any footballer a time on a ball, but you give someone of Gomez's ability, which I still, I still think he's one of the best centre halves in England, um, and passing the ball, he's he's going to put it in an area exactly where he needs to put it, and he did, and we scored. You know, he, he did it time. I mean, the, the ball in the second half, just after, you know, whips it across, and anyone gets a touch on it, that's in for two 0 It's just a phenomenal ball that even Trent would have been happy with. But defensively as well, he's very solid. You know, when Robbo was up attacking, he was in, you know, like they cover on the opposite corners. But whereas before it's Trent, a fullback covering back, we had a centre-half, basically. He turned in centre-half mode and defended like a centre-half. And it was just, it was good to see him play football again. really was. Um, I love Joe Gomez. Do you, just you think it's play. just a shame for Joe that he's probably our fourth best def- defender and centre-back? Yeah, though? definitely. Uh, I, mean, a, he's not, I mean, it's all relative, though, because he's not a bad centre-back at all. He, he's it's a brilliant centre-back. He's just, he's just our fourth best one. That's all. He should be playing for England. He, yeah. He's. I'm not. I'm not both. The back side. He is one of England's best centre halves. That's how good it's, he is. It's ideal. What, what, what the system that Southgate plays with the back three is ideal for him. Is that yeah, right side centre back as well? Because he yeah. can play full back and he can play. He can even play in the middle of a three if you wanted him to. Because he can bring it out. Well, the second half minutes at centre back when we won the league. 
Yeah, he's a very, very good centre-half. He's just unfortunate that this season he, we've, we've, we've brought him back in, obviously, because of the injury. Matip's established, established himself as being first choice in the league for reasons we've just discussed, the aerial win rates. Of, and then Conte's come in and, and settled like an absolute dream. It's unfortunate for Joe, but, I mean, it's not a bad thing. If he wants to hang around, ain't a bad four yeah. to have, is it? Yeah. You know? Just the injuries. Just, like, yeah, like, just the injuries. We should touch on this. It's quality. We should touch on this with your sports science hat on as well, because yeah. he did have a horrible, horrible injury with the he did. dislocated patella. Tendon, he, ri- he, he ripped it. He ruptured his uh, patella tendon, yeah. That's actually more serious than an ACL, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's a very short um, tendon. It's very hard to get a growth to go to, so, to work there. How do, you, how do you see, what's a normal prognosis for full recovery? It's the same thing, because it, uh, it's probably, um, it's longer than an ACL, I think, um, if I remember correctly. He, he's past that point now, if you like. He, you can see that as well. He's a lot more confident in his body. Um, when he was, you know, the beginning of the season, when he played centre-half a couple of times, he, I think away at Norwich in the uh, League Cup, he, he didn't, he just looked a bit older to see, and I think he was really struggling. Um, but we looked after him, got him through. I think he's now past the point where he's, he's it's it's settled, he's it's healed, if you like. It's always going to be two years to get a proper heal heal on it with any any sort of ligament repair of that nature in the knee area. But he's certainly past the point of um, you know immediate problems, if you like. Um, and he he's got more. You can see he's more confident in his body, and he's training better. Um, and the club must be happy with him because they're putting him playing fullback, which is probably more likely to get a contact injury on that knee than it plans and a half. Mm. Right. Now, the other player we need to talk about and celebrate is uh, Diogol. Diogol Jota. Um, 20 goals in all competitions. I mean, you know, this this guy, you know, we, we, we've been saying it pretty much ever since um, his first match for Liverpool. What, what a signing. This guy is has been the value we've already got from a forty-one million pound signing. It, it, he is just um, absolutely phenomenal. So I'm just going to reel off some stats before we could, before you guys chip in, right? So twenty goals in in this this current season. He's had ninety-five shots, so twenty-one percent conversion rate, which is unbelievable. Um, very, very, very high conversion rate here. You're not going to not many players have more than a fifteen percent conversion rate. Uh, he's had 40 shots on target, so he scored with 50% of his shots on target, which is excellent. The most impressive thing of all for me is the is his distribution. So seven with his left, seven with his right, and six with his head. No penalties in there. Um, goal every 136 minutes. He's got 14 in the league, one in the Champions League, three in the League Cup, and two in the FA Cup. And his average distance from goal is is the is the best in Europe. It's the closest to goal in Europe, just ten point eight meters from goal for his average for for those twenty goals. What a player, um, but phenomenal player. Um, and I'd I'd probably suggest he's not in the best of form at the moment, but he's still scoring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I was saying that because we've set such high standards with him, you know. Uh, off the ball, on the ball, we said he's been learning the Bobby playbook and the rest of it. And I would say there's elements of his game as well that's not working that well, but he just seems to be in the right position at the right time to score. And he's absolutely ruthless with a lot of things. Even that chance we discussed uh, just before half time in the Watford game, 
He's not thinking about crossing it. That would have been probably the better better move, should we say? He's thinking, I'm going to score it. I'm going to. So it's um, yeah. I think he's he's in, it's an incredible signing, and I, I it just fits in. It's like Luis Diaz as well. They're both they just fit into the system and what we're trying to do. Um, and as I said, it'd be great when we if we get back to pre into Jota, that would be really help us with the um, with the running. Yeah. Uh, is aerial ability is, is something else. I mean, I know the distribution you got there, but you don't let me see the aerial number of aerial goals he's got. Just for someone so short as well, he's yeah, it's, it's frightening. Um, Rosie, um, he's 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 third in all of the top five leagues for non-penalty xG per ninety minutes with point six eight. Yeah, he's he's getting up to top ten in the world in terms of his position. It's ridiculous to think. Considering the amount we paid, what did you did you mention his um, non penalty big chance conversion rate down? Because oh no, a, I haven't actually. Go on, it's at fifty two percent. Second best in the Premier League this season for conversion so chances. He is, he is the fox in the box in the Premier League, considering his volume compared to the person above him. Um, not only that, but his his, his kind of his, his metrics match that seventy one shots this season. 62 in the box in the Premier League. Um, it's all about in the box. And not only that, but he also scored four headed goals in the Premier League. And we saw one in, in this game against Watford. How is he scoring headed goals? It's, it doesn't look... I know there's the Tim Cale um, mythology and there's the players that... Five foot ten on... Ten, the, yeah, yeah. But, but he, he's... Not only is his movement, his technique on his headers. Mm. We've seen the, we saw the Benzema masterclass this week uh, in terms of headed technique, but Jota just shows it regularly. But not only that, Dan, I think you must have the stats. He's the most ambidextrous forward. In yeah, no, apart yeah. from right, apart left from, head. Apart from the apart from the lads who played for Barca, Moussa, Moussa Dembele, in terms of right. two-footedness, yeah. Um, he's sixty-seven. He's sixty-seven percent of his actions are with his right, thirty-three percent are with his left. Um, although, as we know, Roti he's three-footed. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of his he, he doesn't dribble like Moan Mane. But he's he hasn't not bad. Got, he hasn't got their play. He hasn't got their pace. He hasn't got their strength. But, you know, you say that right. He's, he's listed a lot of things that he has got. According to FP Ref, he's eighty-fifth percentile for dribbles completed. He's yeah. ninety. Ninety seventh for pressures, and ninety eighty ninth for for tackles amongst compared to all forwards. So he's he's yeah. just yeah. He's direct. He's, he's a lot more direct than the others. Like you know, he's straight lines, isn't he? When he gets the ball, he just basically makes a beeline for the goal. Yeah, um, and oh, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying he, that that's who he is. He, he's all about the goals. Um, yeah, but yeah, and I agree. He's here with abilities. I can't believe some of the headers he wins against the centre halves. You know, it's, it's phenomenal. You ex- yeah. you expect him to score when a ball goes in the box. Do you know what I mean? Which which is a weird thing from a header. Yeah, he, he's, and he's the best player in our team this year for goals for non for for goals excluding penalties. So in terms of yeah. you know the, the volume and the xG and the non penalty xG plus the xA. So he's just just an absolutely brilliant player, and I think he's fully deserved to get to twenty goals by first week in April. That that's some achievement. You think about loads of seasons in the mid in the nineties and the noughties where we, this club didn't get a single player to twenty goals in all comps. Michael Owen never got it. Yeah, yeah a, lot of, a lot of um, yeah. a lot of Golden Boot winners didn't even get to it, did they? Mm. Uh, and he's been injured. 
Yeah, he missed a few weeks, didn't he? Missed a few weeks. You know, yeah. I mean, that's it's incredible. He he is a great player to have. You know, a roster's really American. Sorry, squad. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. <laughs> so okay um, anything else on Watford boys no great pen from Fab oh yeah uh, lovely pen really nice pen top there yeah, glad they noticed the rugby tackle in the end that was nice oh yeah yeah Did, uh, mate <laughs> can I just say right The Athletic had an article on why the Jota pen was given explaining really? rather the Jota they had a whole article on that I think what the Fucking fuckity fuck is that about? I mean, it was. You know, we were one up, but it was two minutes ago. I mean, it didn't impact the results. No, the only thing I'll say on that is, I said in the chat tonight, it, it's one of them that if you started giving every one of those you penalties, okay. I'm not yeah, saying it, it's not the right. That, though, but I don't often see tackles which are like that in the box. No, not that bad. But I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying that there, there was a lot of that that goes. So, that was so maybe, what, maybe the lesson is you can hold and grapple, but you can't be that egregious. No, no, you can't literally take someone to the ground. That's that's taking it too far. But yeah, no, it's I not, think you're right. Yeah. It's not you is it, really? Let's be honest. No. He's, he was <laughs> to the ground UFC for, style. For, for the scrimmage. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Roy, Roy at the end was, I thought that was hilarious when he was, he was like, no one appealed for it. Our players were shocked. And you're like, right, it doesn't make it not a foul, though. They wanted to see it because it was at the back of the box while they were all looking at the ball, you fool. Exactly. I just, yeah, it reminded me of why Roy is Roy, but yeah. Hey, yeah. in one. Great pen. I was, I was, I was more shocked. So it looked to me that Roy had had Botox. But um, I, can't, <laughs> I can't confirm or deny that. But he looks to have a lot less wrinkles than last time I saw him. But uh, yeah, there you go. Imagine that. Imagine if Roy has had Botox. No. My estimation will be able to go to zero. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's move on to Benfica. Right. But, right. Rotation. Yeah. I was right now. I want to talk about. I want to. I got a bit of a thread I want you to explain, right? Because I, I want to talk about rotation here, not only the starting lineups but also subs. Now, could you make it? Could you, so we, we we talked about the selection post internationals mm-hmm. there. So we had the subs against Watford um, on the hour. Yeah. Um, six no sixty two and sixty nine minutes. Sixty two, sixty nine. Yeah. Then we had the then we had the lineups for Benfica, and then we had the triple sub on the hour for Benfica. Yep. So why are we making subs on the hour? It looks pre planned. Is it pre planned? And if so, why? What's what what's what's the what's the the game plan here? So we are the on the hour are normally pre-planned, um, and it's to mitigate load over the week. So typically, if we use Tiago and Naby, which in this game is a little bit mute point, but normally they would share ninety over over a two-game period. So one would come off. Well, one would start, and one would come on on sixty, and the other would go off, and that would be. That'd be a 13 and 16, and then they do the reverse on the next game. So there we get 90 cool. over that period of time. So you mitigate load okay. for that that sets that system. And if you look at the pairings that have been going on, that is largely what we've been trying to do. So Hendo played okay. nearly 90 uh, against Watford. Am I correct in that? Did he play did he play full game? Yeah. 95, yeah. And he came on for the last 30 in midweek. So his load there. So he played. Is, he, he played. So he played 120. 120. So that's his load. If you look at over the period of time. 
right on the limit, but that is kind of what he does. He does a 19 and a, and a 30. So at the weekend that he played 90, I was like, he's not starting midweek. Um, if you look at the forward line, we've generally started. Well, to the do other this player well. in that the other player in that midfield is um, is Fabinho. Yeah, which is he's a little bit more robust. He normally, I think, it's four out of five. Um, he normally plays, but he had exactly the same pattern as Henderson. Like what you were trying, you were looking for an example. He came yeah. on the last twenty five against Watford, Watford, and then he and played. Started. Yeah, and then he played the full match against Benfica, right? Well, yeah, and he's now prior. He will now play against City. Yeah, so he, um, yeah, so, so both of those players played 120 minutes pretty much across the two games. Across the two games, yeah. Right. Um, and whereas if you look at the rotation at centre-half, we normally do, that's, by, that's a game. So we don't, we don't change in game that's for a centre-half. He rarely substitutes a centre-half, though, does he? Rare, exactly, very, but very it, it's still with the number of minutes. If you look at Matic yes. there, yeah, he plays 90, he'll come off. The so that's a rotation another, thing. That's a rotation game. thing, game to game. Which is why okay. it's a little bit... It's not a risk, but you look at the Chelsea League Cup game, yeah, Matic yeah. played the league game in midweek before and played right up to his limit and then Canate came on and played the last half an hour, I think it was, or I can't remember the exact time is, but he played a bit of the full 19 and he played extra time, yeah? So that's yeah. because Matic had gone up to his load and they were like, right, we need to get him off now and Canate comes on and clears the rest of the minutes. So on the forwards, so, yeah. so on the forwards then, um, against Benfica, Mane and Salah played an hour and... Yep. Um, Bobby and Jota played half an hour, and against Watford, and 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 Diaz played the full match. Mm-hmm. And against Watford, what was the situation against Watford? So Watford, uh, Diaz didn't play. Uh, Jota didn't play at all. Jota, Bobby, and Mo started. Mo came off. Came off. Came off for Mane. And then so Mane Bobby, played twenty. Bobby, Bobby played Jota the whole match. match. Yeah. yeah, and then they right. didn't. They came on for the in Bifford. Yeah, so, so you look Bobby at the and Jota, load. Bobby and Jota played 120 across the yep. two matches between them. So did yep. Mo, 120, because he played 60 minutes twice, exactly. pretty much. And, and then Mane played a bit less. A bit less, but then, and yeah, Diaz. and so did Diaz. But Diaz is new to the whole load. You know, he's okay. come from a club, but he's not, not used to playing this high, high intensity for twice a week. And Mane, I think they've always erred on the side of caution with him as well. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, that's how the bandage and loads, yeah. And you think about Trent as well. Um, he 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 didn't play. Did he come on against Watford? No, no, he, he was didn't on the bench at Watford, and he played ninety. So, but so yeah. so those five players we talked about played pretty much one hundred and twenty minutes each across the two matches. Yep. Yeah, okay. and you you'll see that it's not quite predictable because obviously Klopp completely not bemused it, but he he chose a midfield against Benfica that none of us would come in. Because we would, because Thiago played uh, substantially longer than uh, he didn't come off on the hour, did he? Uh, against Watford, no, we played the full uh, match. Didn't we? Played the full match, so that you would have normally assume then that Naby would have started against Benfica, and Thiago would have come on, and they would have played. Do you know what I mean? That it would have been that. But what yeah. Klopp did is he went, "No, I'm playing both of you, yeah, and I'll bring on Hendo and I'll bring on others to to, to share the minutes that way." But Naby played the full game against Benfica. Yeah, is it which, because is that is that because just because Thiago played less on the internationals? Yeah, I think they. Excited, um, you can't really tell, but he's been at, he's been at the uh, AXA for two weeks. Whatever everybody else is on internationals, so yeah. they've done a lot of things with his load. They could have increased his load from being ninety a week to more like what did he do? Did he do an hour and four games? So that's what approaching one hundred fifty, yeah. one hundred fifty, one twenty. So they could have maybe tried to increase his load to one twenty. Okay. Which, if yeah. they do going forward, is absolutely amazing. But let's see what happens against City. So, okay, well, that's one way. 
one angle I want to cover there and get this out of the way as well, because there was a lot of discussion um, amongst the fans and the media about tactical subs. Um, mm-hmm. We're saying that these subs against Benfica were 100% pre-planned. strategic, yep. planned, pre-planned for sports science reasons, not tactical. No, the, I think the only one that maybe it hasn't happened yet, but like Milner is a is a is a kill time thing. Yeah, that's to take minutes off off a midfielder that's still on there. Like Naby came off, yeah, so yeah. it gave Naby five ten minutes at the end to. Uh, do well, I'm talking about the triple sub on the on the hour. Yeah, I know, but later in the game, you can still have a sub to which you could impact the minutes. Like Mane uh, had minutes yeah. help Moat. Yeah, so that the anything after the hour will could be is largely could be pre-planned so Milner would have been pre-planned but if the game started dictated it might have been a different if you get what I'm saying so there would have been a so after the hour there is a set of pre-planning to manage the minutes of the players that are left on there yeah but if game state dictates they will change they will change that pre-planning yeah so Milner wouldn't if we'd been losing Milner wouldn't come on they might have brought someone else on yeah yeah okay okay um, Roti, a match summary. Yes, uh, this was pretty spectacular compared to the uh, Watford one. <laughs> um, 17 shots to nine, so only twice the amount of shots, but that doesn't tell any of the story. Eight shots on target to three. If only their keeper wasn't in <laughs> such good form, this could have been five or six because we had eight. The magnificently defense. named Odysseus. <laughs> the absolutely <laughs> wonderful. Named <laughs> um, eight big chances down. We've we have had more in a Champions League game. We had nine against West Star Belgrade one time, but two of those were penalties. Um, we had seven against Maribor, but in terms of knockout, this just blows everything out of the water. I think our highest in a knockout previous game was four. Um, it's about as good as it gets. Non penalty XG was three and a half to one. Um, 538 had us at 3.8 as well. It's just huge numbers for such a. <laughs> when we when I think we should the first half is the focus. We had six big chances in that. We had eight shots after eight shots to one after 20 odd minutes. I remember doing the pressing, and there wasn't much pressing in the first 20 minutes because we were constantly at them, and they could hardly get the ball off us. The the midfield was winning it back immediately. Um, I think like ten of my first fifteen collections were possession wins. It was ridiculous. It was a it was a midfield masterclass, and it's the stats for a knockout game. It's as good as you could ever hope for. As good as you could hope for. Yeah, um, five presses leading to shots, Rosie. Yeah, forty nine possession wins. It's just unbelievable. Yet again, these matches in Europe, Inter, um, Arsenal, and then the, 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 recently and domestically, Chelsea in the Cup final, massive, massive numbers of possession wins. Uh, 1.52 expected goals from pressing, <laughs> including four big chances. <laughs> so, We've yeah. had more shots leading to, to, more presses leading to shots in the past, haven't we, Dan? But I don't think we've had that amount of high quality chance on display no no i don't think we have um basically chances from pressing so yeah yeah yes so we haven't talked about um the lineups yet um but um there was also a stat during the round about the lineups roti in the middle oh well it never happened 
is the first time that midfield has started a match together. I know. Yeah. I know. I think we must have spoken about it 25 times on this podcast, hoping for it. But, uh, yeah. But it's mad that what, all the time hasn't been tried the cohesion between the three in terms of the contrast of the roles that they constantly bang on about particularly Phil and (laughs) and it was just honestly (laughs) if we could everything I I wanted everything I wanted in midfield was in that first 45 so how did how did it um, how did it go then tactically then um, Bartz how did the we people have been talking about want to see it. It's never been tried even one time until now. So, did it live up to the hype? Yes, um, for a very that's a short answer, but it has happened before in games, isn't it, for periods, but uh, not for a substantial amount. It's not from the start. I think Naby played the right side, didn't he, predominantly, and Thiago the left. Um, but what was brilliant about the pair of them is because they can play both roles. It meant the rotation in doing that was superb. And actually, to be fair to all three of them, can play all three roles. So at times, Fab, which I, I hate seeing the six go too high, would break forward a little bit. Only the Tergo or Navi would just sit in as a six and we'd still have the other one up there as a two. So the way they rotated that midfield balance, which meant we always were in balance, we always had a right and a left and a, and a six, was absolutely superb and masterful considering the first time they played. Normally when you see our six go forward, if they're not quite as in sync, no one will cover that. Or the other, so say the left, the right side drops in, means the left and the right will be there. Do you know what I mean? It's unbalanced in, in, our, in our capacity. And it meant we could keep them in their half, under pressure for long periods of time because we had perfect shape across. We had perfect depth. Our passing networks worked well. And there was always someone in the six to receive if we needed to, someone to be progressive in the right, someone in, in, to connect from the left. It was just, this is everything our midfield should be on a regular basis. And I'm just, I'd, I'm so hoping we see it on Sunday. I don't think we will. But um, yeah, it, it just beautiful depth and width when we needed it. You know, target Thiago was out wide left at times. Didn't matter because Naby pulled around and tucked in with Fab. It was just... Amazing to see those two eights operating the way they did, support the attack when they needed to, but also make sure in defence we were solid and Fab as well with having the freedom to do what he does. And the passing range as well. You know, Navi's short, sharp stuff with a little progressing running. Thiago switching play out well and then making forced progressive pass. Fab getting on and ticking and keeping it diagonals going. That range of ability to pin an opponent in killed them in the first 45 minutes. They did not have an answer. Yeah, and that is. is something, if we can do more often, we are going to be an even more of a team. Yeah, that first half was incredibly dominant, um, I thought. Um, yeah, Benfica had one half shot, half chance, didn't they? Um, yeah, they had a corner Everton. as well. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, they had one where they had one really good opportunity. Yeah, I remember it as well, yeah. But yeah. aside from that, they had nothing. They had yeah. nothing in that first 45 minutes. We had five. And we could have easily, you know, if Mo, if others had been slightly on for, from, <sighs> made a slightly oh. better touch of that, oh. we would have been hit by our side. But in terms of the process, right, um, if, yeah. you at, if you look at the passing network we put in, the only thing you'd be just be careful on the passing network is that um, Naby switches sides 
Yeah, so does Thiago. So, 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 yeah, so it, don't pay too much attention to the position, but if you look at the actual end result, Mo Salah is on the the most progressive passing received in the team. So yeah. the, it, it, the, the whole process has served its function, hasn't it, to get Salah and then Diaz the most of the, the progressive passing into the you know so you could you you have such a great process and a great base and then unleash the forwards and the only difference was is that they're not quite at Salah's not quite at his peak form and maybe because no. I don't you know if this match had been played in October he gets a hat trick yeah yeah I, I think even a month ago he gets I mean you look at your your connections between Trent and Mo which again is an area that is, yeah. is a strong oh. point. Yeah. That the system here allows for our eights to still be progressive and not impede that relationship between the fullback and the and the forward. Even Robertson and, and Diaz, the relationship is very good. Yeah, and um, still the the, the eights are still functioning and being good. Whereas sometimes when you see other players side eight, they impede their their relationship between the fullback and the forward. Yeah. So and not help it. But yeah, you're right. Look at that, that those two forwards being the being the furthest forward and receiving the most strong strong arrows is is the amount of passes and it is is phenomenal. It really is. Um it it's a, a hell of a performance for forty five minutes. Um Rosie, you collected this match in the press. Mm. Um how how did you see it? Because the the thing that I stands out for me on the stats is on the pressing stats is them with the direct possession wins of the midfield three, they had 17 between them. Cater six, Thiago five, and Fabinho six. That's a lot of direct possession wins from pressing. Um, yeah. and, and then Naby ends up with two presses leading to shots as well. So, um, yeah, how did you see it? The dynamic of the three of them and, and the whole team in terms of the pressing in that first half? Yeah, you know, we've, we've had very different games to this. We had the Inter Milan match away where we were, I remember collecting that, and it was we were just. All over them in their penalty box. They were trying to pass it out from inside their penalty box, and we were just constantly everybody's coming forward, with like all the midfield and all the all the forwards. So it was like a six-player high press inside the last thirty yards of the pitch. Yeah. In this game, it was completely the opposite. We let their centre backs have the ball. Our forwards weren't even trying to engage at times in the first, particularly the first forty-five. It was we were waiting and waiting and waiting because it was like, okay, we know these two can pass it a little bit. Maybe Vertonghen's got a bit of a record. I don't know, but we were just letting the centre backs try. So they they they'd recycle yeah. it between the two fullbacks, but then as soon as they passed it forward, we were absolutely harrowing them in the middle third, the midfielders. Yeah. In we were letting them. Given them yeah. the pass into the central yeah. area, yeah. the track was late. Yeah, and, so, and it was a completely different track from the one we laid to into Milan. So that just shows you the tactical differences. That was the that was the tactic we used against Bayern when we played Bayern last time yeah. in the Champions League. We let them. We constantly left the the ball into into the centre mids open. We're yeah. hoping, and Bayern refused to take the bait. They played out and wide and built oh, them out. Oh, the yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, but they would be constantly left it open. Only eight presses on Otamendi in the match road, like you said. There you go. Yeah. I always notice, I tend to notice the centre-backs of the uh, opposition size because we do t target them a lot. And either it's because they're poor in possession or their distribution's poor or their positioning's poor so they can't pass it or recycle it between each other enough. But, but I think we give these two a bit of respect in terms of Either we don't think you can find your midfielder, or we'll just let you knock it about between your fullbacks. But as soon as they try to engage in a progressive pass, we were all over them. 
immediately. Yeah. It was fun to see it. And the forwards, everyone knew it. It was like a, there was there was kind of like half presses. I don't know if we, we haven't got a, we haven't got a, um, a metric for that, but it's where they were kind of going. Yeah, I'm kind of going to commit to you here, but I'm not really. Um, yeah, it was the only one who was remotely press resistant is Weigel, and we saw him. Weigel's excellent. Yeah, 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 from his Dortmund days. But the other two centre mids, we absolutely terrorised them, and we terrapped. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so, 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 uh, five possession wins and a shot from from eighteen targets and Ramos. Ramos was, was yeah. yeah, seven seven possession wins and a shot from eighteen targets. That's that's pretty tasty for centre mid. <laughs> so you thought Ramos was a bunny? Was he? Where all the high value wins came from? Because that was the tactic. Do you, do you think Ramos was a bunny? I think Ramos and Tarat were bunnies. Yeah. Yeah. Michael just very good, by the way. Yeah, he is. Michael was very good. Yeah. So, I mean, Adult Rapt is one of these ones that, every, you know, he had one amazing season about 10 years ago where he literally scored, like, he got 30 goals and assists or something like that. And every manager since has basically said, I'm the guy who's going to be able to unlock that adult rap from 10 years ago and he's just come round a tour of european clubs doing not yeah. very much ever since it must yeah. be absolutely infuriating to manage he's like uh is it Ravel morrison isn't it Ravel morrison players like that yeah they've got talent they just they haven't got the other side of it <laughs> so yeah i was just seeing if i can get adult adult traps um career stats up and stuff like that but um yeah um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I bet um, our analysts did. Say again. I said I bet our analysts did. Oh yeah, for sure. But um yeah, so um yeah, it was it was fun. That first half was a lot, a lot of fun. I guess the only annoying thing is that um it wasn't uh, more than um the more than two, two goals. We could have maybe even killed the tie in that first forty five minutes. A bit like City did in the last round when they played sporting. Um yeah. but it was our old friend Bart's set place. That yeah, was the opener again. Yeah, uh, it was a great bit of play to get to. Do you know what I mean? To get to the goal, to get um, it's sort of the to to create the opportunity to get the free kick was a great bit of play again. And we got not free kick, sorry, the corner, and yep. then the corner comes in and Ibu our outswinger, yeah, to the to the mid zone, and and Ibu just decides. Yeah, I'll I'll actually head this one correctly and puts it straight in the net. Um, it was... he, he just gets his his marker. He was all over. I don't know who was, who his blocker was meant to be, but he was all over him, wasn't he? He was all was over it, him. Yeah, was it Everton? Um, yeah, I thought it was Everton. Um, I might be wrong, but it looked very similar to Everton. But uh, yeah, it, it was just good delivery from Robbo um, into the right area, and um, yeah, great. Yeah, really, really good. Really well, you're told, you know, head it down. If you get to that position, head it down. Yeah, and it, I love the way it just sort of cushioned into the side then as well. It was sort of just yeah. nestled in there. It was nice. It was not, yeah, it, it was a really, really good goal. Um, so and the it, good news is, though, I've got yeah. some stats because Ooh. Mr. Set Play has been such a, a key performer for us in this in this golden run since uh, since the start in, in 2022. So we've played 18 matches in all competitions since the Brentford match. Include starting with the Brentford match at home in um, I think it was twelfth of January, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and overall, the results have been 16 wins, one draw and one loss. The draw was the Chelsea Cup final because um, it was nil-nil after extra time. Uh, 12 clean sheets in 18 matches. So that's that's that's, that's noteworthy in itself. But So we've scored the opening goal 15 times in those 18 matches, right? And of those eight, of those of those 15, eight have been from set plays. So six from corners directly, uh, six from yeah. corners, sorry, one from a set play and one from one from a set piece and one from a penalty. So we've had, this is the fourth time we've had a header direct from a set play, where which has opened the scoring. So the others were Van Dijk against Palace, yeah. uh, Diogo Jota against Cardiff in the FA Cup, Bobby Firmino against Inter with the flicked header mm-hmm. from the corner and Canate against Benfica. Three other games we've had a kind of a second ball set play, which has been the opening goal. So that was Fabinho um, against Brentford um, when I think, did Brentford let it bounce, that one? Yeah. And it, yeah, Brentford let it bounce and he picks it up off, the, off, a, off a headed ball off the floor. Uh, Jota against Leicester, which was a ball played back in, and Fabinho against Burnley, which was kind of like some kind of it reached was... him, did not, and he just tucked it away. He's bundled yeah. it in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that so there's four direct headers from that set plays, three opening goals from second balls at set plays, and then there was a penalty in there as well in one of the matches. So we've only actually had seven open play opening goals in that period, and four of those are from Jota. So it's either it's either Jota in open play or a, a header direct from a set play. That's how that's how we're taking the lead in our matches. And you know, I I I think it's our it's one of our biggest weapons in the head-to-head match against City on the weekend. I just think we've got to... We you think Jota clear. has to play? Say again? You think Jota has to play? No, 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 set plays. No, no, I, I think, think set plays are... Yeah. yeah, I think set plays are a huge advantage for us in this match because Diaz is apparently well, might still be... Apparently yeah. out, yeah. Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll see. Um, but I just, yeah, I just think we have a huge threat and I think we're, we're just better in the box than them. And I think we, I, could, I can see us... Yeah, scoring an, scoring an opening goal from a set play again, given the opportunity. I agree yeah, with that. I, I agree with that. Graeming it like Jota had to start, and I, I just thought it was interesting. No, no, that was that, the whole no, sequence. No, no. The whole sequence was about set plays, Rudy. Yeah, yeah. I just thought you said four. Jota scored four of the ones from open play. Oh, he has. It? He has. Yeah, yeah, he has. And then I, we would consider that Jota's been a threat from. Um, well, to be honest, if he comes, if he, I wouldn't start him in the, in the city match, but if he comes on and it's nil nil, he could still open the scoring. Yeah, true. Very true. Um, so yeah, that's that. That's our old friend set play. Um, do we want to talk about some of the other massive chances though? There was the, I guess the main one. The main one to talk about is, is Salah, isn't it, Moti? Because there's a lot of noise about Mo at the moment. His underlying numbers are fine. He just needs the one to go in. That's it. Yes. Um, I was going to say which one. Are you talking with, about? Along with Jan Mulder, my favourite was the one where Van Dijk passes it to him. It lets he spins the the guy who's pressing him, um, and then plays a ball over the top. I think it's just before half time. Yeah, and, and Mo tries to dink it around him. I think it's a decent. I think it's a quality finish. To be honest, it's just keeper stays up, stays big for long enough. Um, it, it'll have done well to get it around him with that kind of finish. So yeah, no, no issues with the finish. It was a good good save. I thought that keeper played really well. Yeah, got the keeper was good. I think the the one before. Yeah, so, can we just head. keep discussing that pass? From Which Trent? one? The one from oh. Trent. Ah, oh, Trent. Trent was just. <laughs> yeah, but the turn as well. Like that's what the, I mean. He did it on the turn. 
Yeah, he let the ball go through his legs and turned on the spot and then just goes, yeah, I'm going to put it right there. Uh, it was just a 60-yard ball with backspin. Back <laughs> I mean, the poor bloke went to press him thinking, geez, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I thought, I, I think you're right, Ray. Mo's unlucky with that finish. The keeper does well. But the one before, is it on half an hour? Where Mo doesn't get himself sorted. The toe poke. The yes, toe yeah, poke, yeah. He shovels it wide. Yeah, I think that he, oh, I would have expected Mo to score that. Yeah. Uh, that, that's where I think his touch was. You know, he, we said that one of the things we were saying when you get tired is you, neurologically you, you, your touch is one of the things that signs that, that, that shows up in with a footballer. And I think that's an instant the ball comes to him his touch isn't absolutely spot on for Mo and he's still sorting his feet out and then the chance comes and he doesn't quite make the right connection. Um, and I think that, that was a, that for me, that was a sign he's a bit, he's a bit tired. Uh, he's still got the shot off, absolutely fine, but I just think a normal Mo in October never would have, would have scored that. Yeah. So he's had about um, two non-penalty XG in the league without scoring. Um, yeah. since AFCON. Um, last non-penalty goal he scored was against Norwich. Um, Couldn't have been better timed. Yeah. <laughs> the fact everyone else is scoring and he's just yeah. racking up. But if, if we include the European games, he's probably... Uh, the only other one he scored is the Intermatch, isn't it? That's the only, uh, that's the only other non-penalty goal he scored since AFCON. Yeah. So he's probably about four goals under in all comps in terms of his non-penalty goals um, since AFCON, which when you have an elite striker, every elite striker will go through a barren run of form. There was a period where Cristiano Ronaldo, a famous season, Rosie wasn't there, with Rose, Ronaldo was seven yeah. years ago, and he, he, something like, he was something like 10 goals under his XG by October or something like that, and he yeah. still ended the season with 40 goals. Well, something like one from his first 90 shots and then yeah. went on the mad one, yeah? Yeah. Um, but all all players go through hot cold spells, even the very best players. But he's still the. I guess the most important thing about uh, Bart's is he's still getting opportunity. He's still getting in. Yeah, big, big he's in, and his he's numbers in are still solid, aren't they? His num his underlying yeah. numbers are still very good. It's still very very good. There's nothing to worry about. I mean, uh, I think side posters and figures about it, he always has a little bit of a. Luck. So and it always bounces back. So I I just think he needs, like you said, he needs one to just go in. Um, it doesn't help in this game either. I think Robbo's a chance to put a decent cross in and overhits it, and Mo's unmarked yeah, at that post. Just, he was about a, a two inches over his head, wasn't it? Yeah, and there's, I think it's two like that in this game. And you think, ah, oh, just when you want a ball coming to you, he's unmarked. All he's got to do is touch it, basically. He goes in. That'd have been perfect to get him on the go again. And, and the so, um, yeah, it, it'll happen. He's in the right position. He's making the right runs. He's still involved. He's still passing the ball before anyone thinks he's getting really greedy. He's not. He's still trying to create as well for others. So, yeah, it'll come. It'll come. No doubt about that. Any other any other chances, Rosie? Do you want to discuss from that first half? Um, the yeah, Diaz missed one, didn't he? Is yeah, it, from Nabi Nabi through ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he dinked it. And it was saved again. Another good save. Yeah. Thought it was a good choice to finish again. <laughs> yeah, Nab Nabby in this game, unbelievable. It's point, yeah, point yeah. nine point nine non penalty goals. Uh, a X, XG plus XA in this game. It's just just all round performance. Can I just say though that that move starts 
from our centre-halves playing a forced vertical pass into our front players. So the, so the Canate and VVD, or Canate particularly, were forcing a vertical pass into our front players who popped it off into our midfield and then one of them would play a progressive pass into the half space and the other one would then play the ball into space behind. And they did it time and time again and that was a chance. This time it was popped into the front, it got popped off to Thiago, Thiago found Naby in the half space, Naby just rolls it into Diaz, who I think should finish the score, but um, was it, it, that's how they created that chance and it did it time and time again and that is a rotation between midfield roles. Because it didn't matter who received it of the, the the eights, they could play the other the other role if you get what I mean. So, but Naby particularly in that first half was finding it in half space and just centre halves. It was it was lovely. Yeah, it was. Right now, Rosie, one thing we do have to talk about in this match is um, how a single moment can make a big difference. Uh, I'm talking about a just a just a just a big self inflicted mistake out of nowhere. And it can have it can have a transformative effect on a match, can't it? It can. It was <laughs> a first decent ball into the box, um, and it just missed. His it's, footwork was poor. Yeah, um, just a bit off balance, maybe. It. And he just yeah, yeah you, you just it's miss it. Wrong. Yeah, um, we're not used to doing it, but it was a opt to define defensive error, Dan, that led to a goal. We haven't seen many of them, especially from our defenders this season. And it gave Benfica a little bit of a um, impetus for about ten minutes. Yeah, um, about ten fifteen. Yeah, uh, they had, I think they had another shot from Everton. I think, I think. I think. It, what, in my view, it just it shows you how even the the best, most mature teams, most experienced yeah, teams, yeah, yeah. can still be rattled when something yeah. isn't planned. And you know, like um, like the famous Mike Tyson, quote, no, no, no plan survived getting punched in the face. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's just and that's what it was. That was a punch in the face. It was, it wow. was just, wow, well, what the fuck, you know? But you know, like we didn't start the half well. Again, yeah, we didn't start the half well. That's the second or, or, time. Or, to be, or, or maybe Benfica did start it quite well as yeah, well. Yeah, well, yeah. To be fair, they they pressed slightly higher. Uh, but like that move that led to the goal came from Trent mishitting a crossfield ball to Robbo. I mean, it came down as a classic. He comes down with snow on it, and Robbo then, rather than tries to control it, heads it first time into no bit nowhere. They win it, nick it, play it down. Robbo's out of position, so can't chase the winger down. The ball yeah. goes in. VVD doesn't deal with it, and it goes straight through to Rubo, who's not probably expecting VVD or Robbo to deal with the cross, and he can't get his feet sorted out. But it comes from us being pressed a bit more in, in that first period of the second half. And, there, I mean, Ibo rolls a ball out to Trent and it goes over his foot for a throw-in before yeah. that, two minutes before that. That is, that is a sign that we haven't started that half well. Yeah. And then it leads to, as I said, that miss-hit cross. And it, it's just, it is a catalogue of errors. Yes, it's... Little errors, isn't it? Little errors. Little errors that build up to the ability for them to put a ball in the box. And they put a ball in the box for, and there must have been the second time in the game, and they scored. And yeah. it, it, now, it's, it's so avoidable. Yeah. One of the things that we talked about on the preseason predictions part was the need to keep errors, um, costly errors at a minimum. And we've done that, haven't we, overall? This season? Yeah. Um, what did you have the figure? 0.5 a game. 
You want, um, we want it to be below point five errors per game. And yeah. how many point have you got two. to start this? Point two. Point two. Point two errors. One every five games. Jeez. Yeah. And that's according leading to, to a goal. To, yeah, according to Opta, we've got one error well, leading well. to a goal in the league this season, according to Opta. Um, Everton are the worst in the league with nine. <laughs> Amusingly. Uh, and we've got six leading to shots. So we've got a total of seven defensive errors, which is seven yeah. defensive errors in 30 games. It's just phenomenal. So, but, Rosie, you know, there used to be a time when these kind of, the the, the Canate-like howler were, were very common. And we used to talk about them on these podcasts a lot, didn't we? <laughs> the bad old Thank days. The messes. Skirtle and Lovren, <laughs> Lovren, Enrique, Glenn Johnson, Moreno. Guy inside, good job. That size not on, um, but yeah, that was a that was a back five of errors. Um, if you're looking the, at the data, it's ridiculous. Oh, the, 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 there's never been a more error prone back five. Um, mm. Anywhere, maybe maybe some of the Arsenal teams, to be honest, uh, as well. Uh, but compared to the current back five, maybe the current United side. <laughs> <laughs> it's night and day, isn't it, with the current eleven? Oh, the current evidence side is going pretty close. <laughs> yeah, Rosie, but yeah, that that those those Rogers era teams with the with the error prone players versus today, it's night and day, yeah. isn't it? It is, and um, I think it goes to the quality of recruitment, doesn't it, Dan? Because if you've got players who are comfortable on the ball and you know they are before they get there, rather than getting players and trying to fit them into a system that they don't quite suit, then, yeah. you, then you have a lot more success. Yeah, Rogers was definitely square pegs and round holes. He was exposing players' <laughs> limitations, wasn't he? He was, yeah, yeah, wasn't it was, yeah. yeah, it was the opposite. Yeah. So, um, so, but we do recover. Um, whether um, So... Um, what do you, what do you, just, just for the narrative's sake, Bart's, because there was so much narrative <laughs> around this match, it was unreal, it was unreal, right? Do you say either Benfica had a good spell and then ran out of steam, we stabilised things, or the subs did it? What, where do you, where do you stand on the narrative? What do you think was good about all three? I don't think the subs helped that much, to be fair, uh, if I'm being honest. Uh, I think, I just played some periods graph, I normally do for, uh, away games, and there's not a lot of difference between our touches and passes. Uh, our shots go down just after half time. Weren't getting good quality position possession, um, but I think Benfica got their chance. They had another one, didn't they? Where they broke through uh, and another a better decision. And they would have created a chance, and there was the penalty shout as well. And it might have been after the, the subs changes, but I I think they just ran out of steam. They they got their goal and rather stupidly or I don't know whether it's stupid or just they thought they'd get another chance they dropped off again mm. so they, they came out and they were pressing us between the two D's as their press line but when as soon as they scored their goal they went back to having their press line as Ben Hart uh, which gave us a bit more time on the ball in our half and we could then recycle generate uh, and even after the goal you saw Fab, Thiago and Naby step it up again and started moving their all around and keep it, just keeping it ticking over with lots of short, sharp passes to try and take Sting out. So, I think, um, I think it's a. I don't think the subs helped because Hendo came on and gave the ball away something like four times in the first five minutes. So, um, I don't think he helped calm things down. He might eventually have helped later on, but um, certainly 
the I think they got their goal and then they kind of the tactic may have been to sit in again it didn't happen and then they had a chance on a on a counter later on in the game which might have been their one chance to get the second goal if you like uh, but by then we were we were set, sat in our ways again and got, got I thought got control back yeah now Rosie there was two massive chances um um for us after we after we weathered the storm and uh, first one uh, was the Jota one, wasn't it, Rosie? I think the first big chance in the second half. Um, um, in, Eighty in minutes. Half. What was it? Was it? Oh, no, 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 it was the D- it was the D- it was the goal first, and then it was the Jota chance yeah. after that, wasn't it? Yeah, goals thirty two percent, and the Jota one was twenty six. I think that's yeah. quite low. Yeah, now, that was a one on one. The Jota one, wasn't it? In in injury time. Yeah. yeah. But. I mean, Diaz was one of our best performers on the night, Rosie, wasn't he? And it was this was an absolutely terrific finish, and terrific move to be fair. <laughs> it was, and he could have had obviously he could have had the one in the first half as well, which is a lovely run, and shows how must how difficult it must be to mark some of our players because then he was making a run in the inside right, whereas for the goal it's it's the other way. Um, yeah, it's. We we didn't have any other good chances in the second half apart from those two, um, but they just to comment a little bit on what Phil was saying. I think this I think the subs worked. I think we like we're measuring one of the best first halves we've ever produced in European football, and then we a slight bad ten minutes, and then planned substitutes happen, and those substitutes help us then. Form a period of of a poor six minutes, even though they helped continue it for for maybe five ten. Yeah, minutes. I just think um, personally, there, I I I couldn't understand why the why one developed. It wasn't as it uh, were people saying, "Oh, those subs absolutely changed the game," and that and that was a yeah. Massive. They were they were but, saying but, that Hendo came on to the I think we've shown that that wasn't the case. It was just a plan. We've shown the numbers. And, and, I, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I disagree with both of you. And I think that it was literally um, a bit of a head fuck from, from, from a howler. And that was it. And, Fair and, enough. Yeah. So. Can I just say that the Diaz goal is exactly the same move as I just said earlier on. Centre half pops it into the forward. Bobby miscontrols it slightly, but Naby seizes on the ball and plays a into a forward to score. It's the same move. It's a vertical pass from deep after we recycle it into the front player, pops it off to a midfielder to play the the the, the, the through ball. It's and, it's a great great goal. And I mean Diaz was terrific. Uh, yeah. And he he knows he knows that stadium. <laughs> yeah, he, he 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 really got um, some stick in all through the match. And um, and what was it? Yeah. Was, we know what the object was that went past his head. I swear it was a crutch, wasn't it? Yeah. Like a javelin. Yeah, it was like a walking stick, wasn't it? I thought. <laughs> so somebody was that angry that they, yeah, they threw that in. to lash away their walking stick <laughs> and struggle home. <laughs> they were that mm. mad with with the ass. Was, I mean, obviously the, the the mother of all, wasn't it? Was the was the pig's head, wasn't it? With Figo, I think yeah. the, the most uh, gratuitous one I've ever ever seen. But <laughs> being tossed into the away end. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, that was that was um, that was some commitment from the Benfica fans that to try and get him. <laughs> but yes, and I think it's probably probably killed the tie, right? Do we think fair? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just putting that last chance in because 
I this is Joss's chance to just put in the chat. Oh, I think he rolls out left to Jack Diaz. Diaz scores Whoa. in the team. <laughs> I know I'm incredibly harsh, but I just That's yeah. hindsight analysis. He's got a shoe there, doesn't he? I'd expect every other one of them to shoot. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, I don't think he's made the great... I, I think his choice of finish is poor. I think yeah. the ball comes to him early doors, he can chip him. Yeah. Uh, and he can go around it. Even there, he can go around him. I think that keeper's got a little bit of the Alice in them in terms of how he, how he closes down one-on-one. Yeah. He was really good. But yeah. no, it, for me, I, I just think... That, I don't think Jota made the right choice to finish there. You know, the are, you, past, are, are you saying that... But Are yeah. you saying that Odysseus had a heroic performance, uh, Rudy? <laughs> <laughs> that's a hell of a... That's a good line, guys. <laughs> yes. Anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, we'd be interested to see how he plays in the second leg, that's for sure. Any, any other business chaps on Benfica? No. Okay. In that case, we will be back on Tuesday for the big one. And we will know a lot more about our Premier League fate after that. So come on, up the fucking Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.